Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. You know, on Disruption, we like to disrupt common narratives and constructs, and certainly my guest today will do that. Ronnie Brown is a She's many things. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's a leader. She's an innovator. Uh, but, you know, if you looked at her past and if you looked at where she started, many people said many people would be surprised. She wouldn't be, but many people would, would be surprised that she got here. Uh, but she doesn't allow herself to be the, she doesn't allow herself to be defined by others expectations or other circumstances. She sets her own path. And I'm sure you're going to see why she is the. Uh, author of from, I'm going to say this right, from Mopping Floors to Making Millions on Instagram. Uh, she is the founder of Girl CEO. Uh, she has, I think, I believe over 160,000 followers on Instagram. I could be off on that number. It's really high. Um, but she understood how to market early and she understood and realized her own value. And we're going to talk to her more about her experience. So it's really a pleasure and an honor to have her on. Ronnie, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely amazing. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I, I, I want to really talk to you about your book. I read your whole book cover to cover and uh, you have an amazing story. So, you know, first of all, congratulations. You know, I, 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 would, you. I would love for people to understand your story. And, I, and, and I'm sure your whole mission in life is to help more uh, women and girls have your path and, and understand their own power. So I just, again, want to thank you for that. And I think that's necessary. And it's why uh, your story fits into our podcast. Your background, though, I want to I want I want to initially talk about that time kind of early, early in your life. You were that 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 little girl. If you could take me back to uh, when you were growing up and your, your parents were together and then they weren't. And then your life really was uh, uh, took a different turn. Talk about that for a minute from your book. And then I want you just to, my, my real question isn't just that, it's I want you to take yourself back to that moment in that time when things change so drastically in your life. Cause I'm sure there's, there, there's somebody, there's some woman that's going through that right now. What well, would you tell me, yourself now, yeah. now that you know, everything you know now, talk to that little girl and tell her, what do you want her to know? Well, I think for me, I did not take it that hard. Let me just say that. Okay. Because I have relationships with my parents and I was not like a normal kid. Right. So while people, while other children would, be, would have been like devastated. Right. I was always a little ahead of the, my time and I knew that my mom was in a toxic situation. Um, my father wasn't a bad father. Right. You know, he was a great father, but I was mature enough to understand that sometimes things don't work out in life, sure. right? And because of that split, um, of course, I was, you know, hurt a little, but I wasn't, I wasn't that person that resented my parents for doing what was best for them, right? Right. I was really proud of my mom. I encouraged my mom, and it worked out the way sure. it was supposed. To work out. So in that season of my life, uh, my parents splitting, it really didn't affect me that much. I was, my mom was still involved in my life. My dad was still, you know, there. I think the biggest thing was my environment. Well, that's what I want to get to. So, so let me, let me state the question a little more specifically. You, you talked about the environment changing and, and, and because of who your father was dating, the people that would come around, it was a, it was a very different environment. It, yeah, environments environments affect how you think and and sometimes what you think is possible. 
I want you just to think about that environment and because there are there there's somebody going through that environment right now. You know that. You know that. You know there's yeah. a lot of people going through the same type of challenges you had at that time. What what would you tell yourself as you were going through? I want to talk about the moments of struggle that you had. And whatever, yeah, so, whatever that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. So for me, I think that I would tell myself to work harder to get around a different type of crowd. Uh, when, when growing up and I was living in the projects, I was living in the crack house, you know, I was surrounded by guys that were like selling drugs in a neighborhood. You know, I was I was really being exposed to a life that someone at my age probably should not have been exposed to. Yeah. But what I will say is that that environment, believe it or not, it taught me survival. Sure. Right. It taught me survival and it gave me a broader outlook on yeah. life. Um, one of the things that I understand and I know now from being in that situation is that it's really about exposure in life. Yeah. And your destiny can change based on exposure, but it can also stay the same based on lack of exposure. Yeah. So in that season, when I was in that environment and I was around those kind of people, you don't know what you don't know yeah. until you know. Yep. And you have to be eager. If you're in that, if you're in an environment right now, where everybody around you is comfortable and everybody around you is going in a different direction and you really want more out of life, you have to give it, you have to be dedicated yeah. to getting around different people to change the trajectory of your life. That's the only thing that helped me. If I would have stayed in that environment around a lot of poverty minded people who were comfortable, who were content, who were doing the wrong thing to get ahead, then I would have fell right into that trap. Many of the people that I grew up with, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. You know, it's very difficult to avoid toxic people once you get used to. I tell people, you know, once you get used to you can get used to anything over time. And if you if you if your mind is conditioned that way. Uh, you don't even know what you don't know. So you were at a point where you were around people because some of which you couldn't help. But how did you take those intentional steps to get outside of that to meet the right people? How do you how do how did you do that? Because you you said in your book, like you didn't you, you the reason why you do what you do now. You didn't have a you, you looked to Oprah. You had some other people that you looked to, but essentially, yeah, right. there's not it's a lot not of people right. that have your story that talked about. Okay, look, I didn't live, and no, there is no perfect life, by the way. But I didn't live what's called the so-called idealistic way. Do this, do that. Wait, you know, make sure that you know you go to college. Do this. Mm -hmm. You you didn't go down a quote-unquote traditional path. Talk to people. Talk to people about that. Like, how did you get out of that? Not really having. A lot of people around you in your corner. Did you just how did you know to go out and seek people and where to find them? Like, so the first thing I started to do was I created a side hustle. OK, and that was me making products in my home. And then I was making those products. I was working as a janitor and I did that. That was the first thing. So as I started to do that, I realized that the people that I was hanging around every single day, when was they that? Anything when did you do that? Like, how old were you when you oh, started? That was probably hustle? like 2008. Okay. 2009. Okay. <laughs> so that was that was a few years ago. That was that was a while ago. But um, I realized that the people that I was around, they weren't going to buy anything. They right. were willing to do 
testing for me and get free samples, but they very weren't, they weren't willing to support. No, that that's, you, you know, I talked, uh, you know, when you talk about that and, and we said this a lot, I know, but I think it's a very, very important point to hit on the people you surround yourself with have more to do with your success than almost anything else. I, I fundamentally believe that. And actually, science has shown the people around you literally rewire your brain. You begin to think and act and be like the people around you. And so you gotta leave that environment. So you, 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 what you told me is you, you actually have to leave. Or, but how hard is that to leave people that are, you well, think well, are your sister? Go, go ahead. Let me, let me back it up a little bit because I'm not telling people to leave the environment. What I'm telling you all to do is leverage the internet. That's what I did. Okay. I couldn't get out of the environment because I was broke. Yes. Okay. But what I could do is I could connect with people who weren't online. Yes. And that's where it comes to, that's where making that connection and using the internet comes into place because I lived in the projects. Sure. There was no just up and leaving the projects. Okay. We don't, we don't help people by just running away. That's the first. The second thing is I lived there for a very long time. Even my first home, I bought it in the inner city of DC. Yeah. Because, and I stayed there. I was making millions of dollars a year and I stayed there because you know what? I was dedicated to bringing those people on along with me and teaching them sales and teaching them marketing and teaching them how to use the internet. So as far as getting out, I didn't get out. Um, I stayed. I mentally evolved, okay? And then I connected with people online who had the knowledge and who had the wisdom. And then I started using Facebook first. Yeah. And Facebook, people used to have events and things of that yep. nature. I would show up to those Facebook events and it would put me in places around people that were having different types of conversations. And in that time, I really didn't know what the hell people were talking about. And I would just pretend and just shake my head because I didn't go to college. I didn't right. know about testing. I didn't know about any of those things. I just knew how to sell something. I just knew how to post it online. I just knew how to make it look good. I used to, I used to literally get feedback from people on what they wanted. That is how I started my business. Right. That's awesome. And so, you know, just for point of clarification, when I say leave, it's not. I wasn't saying leave necessarily. Uh, the projects or leave a poor, uh, you know, leave an area that might not have as many opportunities. I was saying, leave the friends and leave the people that are trying to push you in the right direction. So that's really what I was trying to get to and wanted you to talk uh, talk about relationships. Let's actually move to that a little bit. And then I want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey because go ahead. But I was going to say, I think that as you grow and you start to evolve and I'm sure you know this, Rob, you won't even have to leave the people. They will begin to fall off as your evolution happens. Because watching you evolve or the conversations that you have, they will start to be boring to those kind of people, right? Yep. The conversations won't even interest them. As I begin to grow and I started talking about different things like building a legacy and getting out of debt and, you know, paying off a home or getting an investment property or making sure my credit was good or trying to create a business like people would just they would get tired of being around me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's I can see that because you don't share anything in common with them. Well, what are you going to talk about? Like, if you're not talking, you're not talking about going to the club. You're talking about well, let's actually try to build the business yeah. and figure out a way. If we're going to the club, how are we going to make money? Like, are we are we promoting the event? So otherwise, why are we going? Like, it's exactly. I mean, and, and you're right, and you're, and you're and you're so right about that. And and I say this, and you know, to, to emphasize this point, uh, we had uh, Eric Thomas on the show. Um, you know, one of the one of the number one more, you know motivational speakers in the country. And um, he, he, he set this point that I think is important for people to understand, because no matter what environment you're in, you could be in the most challenging environment. There are, there are, look, there are other Ronnie Browns. There are Ronnie yeah. Browns in the hood. There are Rob Richardson's in the hood. There are people that are that are aspiring that are hang around those people. Talk to those people because relationships are not neutral. Like they they do one of two things. They, they lift you up or they pull you down. There's really no in between. I've seen. I mean, for sure. So, for sure. Go ahead. And a lot of times you get this pushback from your peers that you're changing or you think you're better. And that's a trick. People do that to you to make you question yourself and your choices. And and a lot of times they go in that direction because your growth, it makes them uncomfortable. Yep. And I think this is the biggest thing that I tell people even right now when starting businesses and bringing employees, uh, on board with their companies is be careful bringing people on board with you that knew you back before you became who you are now. Mm. Because there's a lack of respect almost that they don't, they can't really receive from you. They can't really respect it. They can't really see the vision because they're constantly seeing you in the light of who you used to be. Yeah. that, that that's, that's real deep. That's real deep. So that has to be a hard part though. When people are, when you reach that kind of breaking point and when you've been in relationships with people and they're used to a dynamic where they've had control, they're able to control you or they're negative and, and they can and they can affect how you feel. Once that's no longer true, I th- there's usually anger. How how did, how did you talk about it? If you could just talk about a time when you when you had to move out of a toxic situation, when you may not have realized it was toxic, but then you realize, okay, I have to make this change to make this change for my life. Because I think that's one of the things that really holds a lot of people back. It's a lot of people have the ability, the mental ability, uh, you know, just the acumen to do things. But what holds them back is their emotional lack of being able to get out of these situations or, or people that want to bring them down. And I'm sure you've had challenges like that. If you want to just talk about one, um, that might stick out in your head so people can know, okay, you know, Ronnie is gone from making millions, but Ronnie's had struggles just like me in relationships or with her family or with her friends. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I had to really just overcome was being an enabler. Mm. How so? Sometimes when you come from a certain environment, and you understand money. There is that one person in every in every family that people call yeah. when you know they're late on their rent. You know when they can't pay their car note. Yeah. When they've screwed their money up. And initially, you're like the superhero, and you want to save everybody. And you, you may give out loan after loan after loan after loan, and it even goes into friendships. Right. Because then your friends, they start asking and and then they want you to do this and they want you to do that. And then they want you to do free advertising and they want you to do. And you get to a place where you're getting pulled in a million different directions. Yeah. And until you 
have the strength to stand up for yourself and say no. Like in the last two years, I've really had to learn the power of just saying no. There's a lot of power in no. There really is. There really is. I mean, I've had to learn that too. And it's because look, if you're saying yes to something, that if you're all the things you're saying yes to, you're taking away from yourself too. Like that means if you if you don't prioritize yourself, somebody else will. So you right? I mean, for sure. And people are going to get pissed off. Yeah, and you're going to a lot of people during that time frame. But you have to. I think this is a part of self care. No, I agree. And I, I think it's also a part of back to understanding relationships. So, again, I think there's 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 basically two types of relationships overall. There's we, we talked about pulling up or pulling down. But I think there's another way of looking at it, too. You either have a completely transactional relationship, you know, or yeah. you have or you have a relationship that's based upon having a relationship that's not it is not centered on just the result. It's centered on you know, return for both parties, no matter what that is. Uh, I've, look, I, I've really learned that through my experience as well. Uh, I, I had a, um, I had a, this brother I had on the show, he talked about his faith and how his faith, how he, he, he was, um, he became stronger in his faith when he actually lost his daughter. And yeah. I said, that's interesting to me because I'm not sure if I could say that losing, yeah. lo- losing, losing my child would make my faith stronger. So I asked him to explain that. He said, well, look, you have to understand, Rob, that, you know, when you pray to God and you and you pray and your relation, your 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 prayer and faith can't be tied to the outcome because then it's just a transactional. So it's the same way, actually, when how we actually relate to God. And I never thought about it that way. His prayer is not tied to the outcome and your prayer with and your faith in God can't be tied to the outcome. And I think when people think about it, it's like, OK, well, if I have faith and I believe and it doesn't go the way I expect it, then. It, do you still have faith? If you don't, you know, that's right. not, that's not real faith. And that's also, I look at, you know, your, your relationships can't always be dependent upon what you want out of it. They have to be dependent on if you, if you like the person, you believe in the person, you have a good, then you do yeah. it and don't always expect a return, uh, a, a, an exact return for what you do. You just do it exactly. because you believe in it. Exactly. Yeah. So you said a point about, you know, shameful, shame is not shameful. Being ashamed is shameful. For sure. What did you mean by that? Being ashamed of what you've been through, you know, I think that there is a level of insecurity that so many people carry. Yeah. And they're they're ashamed of their story. They're ashamed of their past. You know, they're ashamed of the things that they've been through, the people that have hurt them, the things that didn't work out, you know, the relationships that failed. They're so ashamed of those things. And I think that they, the only thing you should be ashamed of is being ashamed of those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because those stories and those trials and those things that you've gone through in your life, that's your testimony. Amen. Yep. But it's also the key to free some other people, right? And there are so many people, I put up a post about this on my social media, I think it was yesterday. And I said, some of you all are sitting on some stories that are really going to help some people get free from the battles that they're going through in their heads. But because you won't tell the story on how you overcame it, People are out here feeling defeated because you won't tell the, your real story. Yeah. Now people people would tell the story, 
But they won't tell the real story. They'll tell the color know? story that looks like, oh, like I, I made it here. All of a sudden I had this the good idea. And it's, story. And all yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I made it. Like, you'll tell the rag to riches story. But let's talk about the depression story. Let's talk about uh, the hurt story. Let's talk about the molestation. I, I talk to so many women and they talk about the success and all the money. But there's a deeper story. Like, you, you were molested, but you don't want to tell that story. Someone needs to hear that they're, they're struggling on the inside, yeah. you know? So I just feel like we have to get to a space where we understand that we have a responsibility. Yeah. And that responsibility is to free someone else through our truth, the real story. You know, when I tell people I grew up in a crack house, they're like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm from I had to know how to fight when yeah. I grew up, you know, like <laughs> 315, you had to be ready. <laughs> I grew up in that kind of neighborhood. <laughs> people ask me, you know, how'd you get so confident? Like, you don't care what people say about you. I'm like, baby, where I grew up at, you had to know how to Joan to survive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you, had to, you had to have your armor Oh, and so what people say about me now, if you would have heard the things that the kids said to me back then, I grew up Joning. You had to <laughs> practice your Jones before you went to school when you grew up in the hood. Right. So now that kind of stuff, it, it doesn't even bother you. No, that, that, that's, that, 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 that's, that, that's so true. Like no, understanding that your experiences, your struggles, your failures, all of that shape who you are. And if you're comfortable telling it, people will believe you more. And you talk about that in your book. In your book, you, you, you made a point that you really started seeing the impact because you used to hide from, you know, from the fact that you, that, that, that you were a single mother at some point. And then you just said, no, this is who I am. And why should I be ashamed of it? And people really started to resonate with you more when that happened. So uh, people are afraid to be themselves, though. I think you're also yeah. comfortable with yourself. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I will really just stress is that when you're a mother in corporate America, it is not easy. You know, people say, well, why would you have to hide the fact that you had kids? Please. Because they won't <laughs> hire your tail yep. if they feel like you have children, because the first thing that they think is you're going to always need off for a doctor's yep. appointment. You're going to be late. Your children are going to get sick. You're going to have issues because so they look at you. Like, oh, my goodness, this is a liability. Yep. No, there's no doubt about that. In your book, you talk about that experience. You also talk about this one this one moment I really want to talk about is when you were when you really wanted this job and you, you thought they were going to fire you and, and you got on your knees mm -hmm. and asked them to not fire you. And they didn't fire you then, but they fired you later on in that day, which is totally crazy. Uh, what Let me work the whole day, Rob. That's crazy. Let that's me work crazy. The whole day. That's how they get the last. They get the last bit out of you, just uh, like that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I mean, just to want to take your dignity that way. I mean, that's just crazy. Talk about that moment, because that that has to be like the whoa. That's one of those. That's one of those gut punching. Somebody just hits you in the gut. Like go, you want to go back to when you were when you were in high school. You got hit in the gut and the face in that moment. If I could be super transparent right now, yeah, please. that was one of the moments in my life that I made a decision that I was going to go in a different direction. Right. It was it was in that moment. Um, it was the most embarrassing. Yeah. The most humiliating 
And um, it made me say to myself, black woman, do something for you so that you don't ever have to beg anyone to give you an opportunity to provide and feed your children ever again. Right. I was working at a call center for Kaiser Permanente and I was literally 19 or 20 years. I would never forget this. I was pregnant with my daughter. Right. And I was about seven or eight months pregnant and I showed up for work and I think I was two minutes late. And I went in, I was sick as a dog. I was going through, you know, pregnancy. Right, sure. I drove, it took me about an hour to get to work in traffic every day, a little over an hour. I was broke. You know, I was broke. I had tickets on my car. I was hiding my car from the tow man. I, I got to work and they were going to let me go. Christmas was around the corner. I would never forget it. I was driving a Burgundy Acura and it was tore up. When I tell you that car, you ever drive a car and you pray to your destination? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've had <laughs> a car like that. That was one of those cars where I prayed. It was my Oldsmobile 98, but go ahead. Exactly. I prayed to that job every day on my way there. This guy just get me here, get me home, get me here, get me home. And I got there and they told me, she's like, you know, it's policy, you're fired. And I remember getting on my knees. And my supervisor was this tall Caucasian woman. And I got down on my knees and I begged her. Wow. I was pregnant. I mean, pregnant, pregnant. And I said, I need this job. Please. I really need it. And I begged. And she said, OK, OK, OK. You know, I'll give you another chance. And at the end of the day, she called me in. and She told me that they had decided to let me go. That's just nuts. That's nuts. And I drove home and I was bawling. You know, I, I tell people all the time that ride home where you turn the music down yeah. and there's no music playing. That's when you're really thinking. And in that moment in my life, I told myself, I said, I am going to create my own income yeah. in some way so that no one can ever have that type of control over me. That's awesome. And, and, and you're doing it. <clears throat> but so the, the, the next stage after that, you went and you went and you were seeking capital. And, and, and I remember the response that you got <laughs> that was, from, from, from the bank. <laughs> I want to talk about getting past no, because I think people need to hear as an entrepreneur. So when I, uh, you know, before I did this, I, I ran for office. I ran for treasurer of the state of Ohio. And what that taught me, it taught me a lot. Uh, I had to figure out a, 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 a way to raise millions of dollars and I got to two and a half million. But that two and a half million, between that two and a half million and zero was about 80% of a bunch of no's, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tell folks your experience with no and how you just have to move past it. Well, I believe that you should go for the no. Okay. That's the biggest thing that I teach right now is just going for the no. You know, the more the more you hear the word no, the less it affects you. Yeah. Right? You become like you you literally adapt to it it's like oh no okay great so do you have someone who you think would you know you, exactly. you go around it. you ask for referrals you know you come back no doesn't mean no forever yeah i learned that no means no not right now yep and studies show that people normally 
say no seven times before they say yes. Sounds so right. Keep that in mind. Seven yeah. times before seven they say times. yes. Seven times before they say yes. Wow. And so, but so when you when you first started your leap of faith into becoming uh, to being to being an entrepreneur because it is a leap of faith. You say you have to come from somewhere somewhere out of nowhere. Um, your your friends and family, particularly your mother, you 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 really discuss the 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 challenge of making her understand something that she had never been a part of. Never. Right, and that that uh, that that story is repeated, particularly with African Americans, a lot. It's you know they, we we don't have the as as overall there are some people that do obviously but collectively overall there's not a, there's not as many pathways examples of what entrepreneurship is we're told look you make it if you go to college and do what you're supposed to do which is not really the truth by the way but which I also want to touch on how did you get past how did you how how did you get your mother and others who obviously love you you don't you can't say they don't love you but they don't understand yeah. what you're trying to do. When you have that and they're telling you, you're crazy, you got babies to feed, what do you mean you're going to go be an entrepreneur? You don't have time. Like, how do you navigate that when your family and friends are telling you, baby girl, you're crazy. What do you think? Like, what, how are you going to make millions? You, you, what are you talking about? Somebody else you is have, going through that now. Yeah, you have to understand that you're chosen. And there is always one person who is chosen to show the masses, Right. We can't listen to the masses. We have to influence the masses, okay? So you are chosen to show people that it can be done and show them that it's possible, right? You are the player, okay? They're the spectators. There's a difference, right? okay? We can't listen to the spectators because normally the spectators have never played in the game. Yeah, yep. Truth, truth. Preach. They're the spectators and the commentators. You ever <laughs> see that? They're sitting around critiquing everything that the people who are actually on the field are doing. Yep. But they've never played a day in their lives, any of them, right? So yeah. what I, what I want to tell you all is that you're going to have people that you are supposed to show them what's possible. You're supposed to show them. You're not supposed to listen to them. You're supposed to inspire them, right? Our parents come from a place where they were taught to always be the worker. Correct. For a different race, right? And if we work for this race, then we are successful and we consider that security. Why do we find security in working for companies that are owned by people who don't look like us, but we don't feel like we can find that same security and stability in owning something of our own. Yeah. No, you said it well. You said it well. You said it well. And and really looking at not being defined by stupid standards. Look, I, I, college is, I went to college and I have several degrees, but I, I, I don't think, as a matter of fact, I know uh, that does not lead to security. That does not lead to more opportunities. It leads to a lot of debt most of the time, particularly if you have no plan for what you're doing. College can be, if you go to the right college, have the right opportunity, opportunities, I should say, excuse me. It's, it's, it's good for one thing. It's good for the relationships and relationships in order oh. to leverage. That's really yeah. it. That, that to me is it. That's it. And I think people, if you get lost in anything else, college is not going to save you. Look, people are looking for people with skills that can help them add value nowadays. And just because exactly. you have a degree, nobody's going to say, but... But initially, you, you did have some struggle with that and not being defined by those dumb standards. Talk to people oh, about sure. not being defined, like, 
uh, one of my sayings, one of my billboard sayings is, is, is because of my mother, it's not my saying, define yourself for yourself by yourself. And so yeah. I, I don't define myself by other people's standards. But how did you get that when everybody said you're supposed to go to college? Like, how do you you don't know what you're doing? You're supposed to be in college. Why should I listen to you? When that banker told you when you asked for that loan, if I remember right, you talking. Did you go to college? Like, why would I give you a loan? Exactly. I think that I made a decision to live life on my terms. I made a decision to live life on my terms. I made what I wanted to do the norm. And I think that people have to make a decision that I am going to draft out what my life is going to look like. And for all the people who don't think it's cool and acceptable, I'm going to make it the norm for them. Right. They're going to realize that I own my vision and I'm going to live my life on my terms. I mean, right now, heck, I'm I'm literally sitting up in the bed. I'm doing this podcast. I'm. This is my life. <laughs> That's a good I'm life. Design it the way that I want to design it, and it won't change the wisdom. It won't change the knowledge. I'm I'm traveling all week long. You know, you have to design. You have to design your life. Look at look at people like Gary V. Yeah. Who would have thought that someone can just put on a T-shirt, some jeans, some tennis shoes and stand in front of people in corporate America cursing at the top of their lungs and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to come and speak and do that? Exactly. I've been cursing my whole life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but he had to redefine. You have to redefine things and say, this is my cool. Yeah. No, there's, that's that, that, that that's really good. It's really good. So that. The mindset of an entrepreneur, which is, you know, you, you, you got to change your mindset from being a worker. What would be your first piece of advice to someone that wants to be an entrepreneur, just doesn't know how to take the first leap or the first step? What do you tell them to do? Well, the first thing you have to do is understand that you can get over in corporate America, but you can't get over when yourself and your own business. Right. Mm. Because many of us have mastered looking busy. We know how to pop the screen up when the balls run, comes around the corner. You know, we know how to look busy. So the first thing that they're going to have to do is change the mindset. Because if you cheat yourself, you cheat your bank account. The only person you cheat in entrepreneurship is your checking account. Mm. There's no getting over. So make sure that you have the level of dedication that is required to survive in this lifestyle because every day that you wake up, you have one goal. Well, two goals. It is more exposure and to run transactions. Yeah. It's just that simple. So you can look busy. You can take pictures in front of the laptop. You know, you can bullshit your day away (laughs) and somewhere else. But if you become an entrepreneur, your bank account will only reflect one thing. And it's going to be your work ethic. Hey, it's just yep. that simple. That's true. Because you, you can't depend on somebody else bringing you that check. You got to go find it. You keep what you kill in this business. You, you're not going to be looking at the clock because there will not be an hourly pay connected to it. And you can sit there and just watch it go down. And as it goes down, if you're not being productive, then your bank account is going to go down with it. So the first thing is make sure you're really ready for this rodeo. Because mm, it's going to yeah. be a hell of a ride. As, as a lesson, you know, there's a lot. There's we talked about getting past no's as as an entrepreneur. You've obviously talked about the mindset of, of an entrepreneur. Let's talk a little more about 
failures and I want to think about a, a failure or a struggle, what's the one failure or struggle that sticks out in your mind at any point in your entrepreneurial experience? And how did you learn and grow from that experience? I think my coachability. Okay. Sometimes when you make a certain amount of money, it decreases your coachability index. Okay. Because you think that because you've made a certain amount of money, you know something. But there are a lot of dumb people that make a lot of money. Tons of tons of them. I'm, yeah. Tons of them that become president too, but never mind. I'm not gonna go there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the ahead. <laughs> there are a lot of dumb people that make a lot of money. So what I've realized, even about myself early on in my success, is that I will always talk about what I, you know, what I've done and what I've accomplished. And I thought that that qualified me. Sure. Right. And in all actuality, it held me back. So to everyone who's listening to this podcast, stop telling people what you've done and how you got there that are trying to teach you a different way, a different route. There's a different journey. Yeah. There is more than one way to skin a cat. So what if that's how you got there before? That held me back because as I evolved, I realized I had to learn to invest in new knowledge. Sure. In new coaches. And when people were attempting to coach me, I will always think that I had it together based on the amount of money that I made yeah. and I was holding myself back. Makes sense. Can you think of a particular, something in particular that really sticks out? Like you talk about coachability, but can you think of a moment where it's like, Oh, no, had I, had I, had I seen that differently? Yeah, I could have, I could have gotten sure. more. There was a moment where I needed to get some training for my business. I needed to get some systems in place so I can be more productive so I can really scale my business. Sure. And the investment that was required from the coach was about fifteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That's about right okay? for a coach for and it was for yeah it was, and it was for four days for oh. fifteen grand. Okay. It's a good coach. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Some people will say, what? That's crazy. But you, Rob, you said what? That's a good coach. Yeah. But my mindset was, I'm not paying this money. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to pay this because I feel like I'm way ahead and I shouldn't have to pay this. This is a ridiculous amount of money. So I went somewhere else and I tried to get the same coaching and it was for $5,000. Yeah. And it wasn't. Guess what they gave me for $5,000. What'd they give you? Nothing. <laughs> you spent 5000 Nothing, right? Wow, wow. And then they came with the second payment, and it was 10000 So I was $10,000 in the hole. I was like, what is going on? I, everything that they told me, I already knew, and nothing changed for right. my business. I pulled out that American Express card, I went to the guy that was going to charge me the 15 and I got that mentoring within 30 days. I generated $50,000 in income. Wow. Wow. Well, it sounds like a good coach. I might hire that coach too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let, let's kind of move to your legacy and, and about what, what do you want out of all of this? Um, What's what's one important truth you have? So I like to say everybody that that is a uh, innovator, entrepreneur that goes against the grain, uh, they do things that they believe that a lot of other people think are crazy that 
the majority don't agree with. What's your what's your important truth that very few people agree with you on? That if you can build someone else's system, you can build your own. Mm. Okay. That's your truth. I'm at a space in my life where I am so sick of the word security yeah. when it comes from people who don't realize that they're literally building someone else's stuff. Yeah. You're building someone else's estate. You're building someone else's retirement, yeah. their, their family ranch, their islands and, and all of the other things. And the, the level of dedication that you have to that should make you feel convicted in your spirit that you're not doing it for your family and yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was a. You're, you're you're right about that. It was so amazing when you think about Tyler Perry. That makes me. You make me think about Tyler Perry and Tyler Perry and what he just did. Isn't that amazing uh, to think about? Like somebody, he was ignored, legacy. right? Legacy. He was ignored. I think people need to hear this. You were ignored too. People told you there's no way you're going to go and make a uh, be successful, have a huge business. You can't. You, you were a single mother. You had children out of wedlock. You are not going to be successful, according to the masses. If you look at Tyler Perry's story, he shouldn't have been successful. And he's been ignored by Hollywood. And this man has a studio that's larger than all of Hollywood. And so that, that, that kind of really goes to your point. Like, and, I, and I also think, by the way, black people in particular have so much talent that we do not value or understand. Black people start trends. You know, everybody's buying Popeye's chicken in the millions because black people said they want some Popeye's chickens. I mean, that's one example of many that we can do to build our own legacy. Can I just tell you, Rob, it's disappointing to watch and really to know that it's still happening right now that we still don't know our value. We still don't understand the contribution that we make in the world and we still feel more confident in other people's systems mm. services and products than our own i mean i've had friends that i've offered do this with me yeah and they're like nah you know i'd rather just go do this for this person that looks nothing like us because it's easier right yeah, it's been conditioned look it, it, it it's 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 learned helplessness that's what it is. It's learned helplessness yeah. that uh, we have adopted. If you look at what happened post-integration, uh, when we got opportunities, there are whole communities that uh, used to be black and brown and thriving, and people literally moved out of, and now white people are investing in them, and now they're moving out, and now black people can't get back into the neighborhoods that used to be theirs, and they didn't realize their own value when they were in it. So everybody's moving back to the, everybody's moving back to the hood. I, I, I don't know where you lived in D.C. My guess is it's probably a lot more valuable now than it was then. It's happening. The gentrification is happening everywhere. Everywhere, right? And so, but that part of that is like, uh, this is not an indictment on capitalism. This is an indictment on how we think about capitalism as a community. We got to yeah. understand this. Absolutely. But it's also, it's also about lack of knowledge. It's, it's a know, lot about I'm lack of knowledge. Public schools and the school systems are teaching everything except for investing, credit, you know, how to start a business, marketing. You, you're not learning that. Mm -mm. You're learning why, why minus two equals Z. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, depending on what field you go in, let me know how often you use that. <laughs> but the things that you need to know, investing, real estate, 
equity, building equity, having good credit. These are the things that no one's teaching you that. So you don't understand. You don't understand. You just get that credit card from Capital One when you're 18 yep. and you go blow it out the water. And then the next thing you know, you, your credit is wrong forever. And that's on purpose. I think I think that's I think it's, it's intentional. It's intentional. So and we're not going to get it from this. I tell people Superman's not coming. Iron Man's not coming. Hawk's not coming. Nobody's coming to save it. We got to save ourselves. So this is this is how it looks. And so I appreciate what you do because uh, people need to know that it's possible. So. If you had a billboard, let's say let's let's call it a Google ad or Insta, let's say Insta, you're, you wait wait you're the Instagram you're the Instagram queen Instagram ad that that has your billboard or has your saying in life. What does that say and why? If it had my say in life, yeah, your saying in life, your saying, your theme, however you want to say it. What does that say and why? It would probably say no excuses, only solutions. Okay, I think that's pretty obvious given your background. Why you say that? Because you you can yeah. you can you can show the results of that. Yeah. Uh, my final question: You have a committee of three, living or dead, that advises you on life and on business. Who are those three people, and why? Uh, it would probably be Napoleon Hill. Okay. 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 <laughs> Um, it would probably also be Oprah Winfrey. Okay. And then it would also, um, my last person would probably be Bill Gates. Tell me I'm why, sure. tell, tell me why for each one. Uh, you, I mean, it's Napoleon Hill just start outside of the box and his, his thoughts and his practices about getting the right people, you, you not having to have it but getting around the people who have what you need to build things. Yes. I think he had the mindset of a, of a planter and he just, he just knew how to just build and just, you know, get the fruit and get the best out of the people around him. That was the first thing. Right. And he just talks about all the time, just having the right people around you. And if you have one person around you that doubts the mission, you have to get rid of them. Yep. And, and just hearing him speak, on that and just think about my progress and building a company and a movement and growing girl CEO. It's been one of those things that just continues to just resonate with me. And so girl right? CEO, by the way, we didn't talk a lot about that. It, it is your company. <laughs> um, uh, I want to hit on that as we get towards the end, finish the other two. And um, Oprah Winfrey, just overcoming all of the things that she's, she's overcome and, just continuing to flourish and just just be as impactful as she is and just monetize her influence on the level that she's monetized it through media and using her voice and um, being fearless. I think one of the things that I, I admire and I would love to do, sit down and ask her is how do you how are you so truthful and transparent with race while still getting the support, you know, from other races? Yeah. It, it's just like wow, because we're taught to not really express our thoughts yeah. on like the racism and she does it just in such confidence, but still women of other races still embrace her in that truth. It's yeah. just something I've never seen before. No, I mean, she, she's uh, pretty special. That's uh, and Bill Gates. <laughs> of course. Just, yeah. I mean, he's got some knowledge. Is, yeah. The knowledge, the mindset, the experience, you know, 
people who go through those journeys in life where they are the only person who believes in something. Yeah. And everyone doubts them and they're crazy enough to carry it out. Those are some really powerful people. Yeah, that's been you. I can see why though those are that the, 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 those folks actually align with who you are. So that makes sense. I mean, though they they share a lot of your 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 path and your struggles and your and, yeah. and you you've cut look, uh, I think you measure a person's success. You've been very successful. I, I can I can argue you've been as successful as those people because I think success is measured not by how far you've come, but the obstacles and the struggles you have to overcome to get there. And you I think I think if I could sit down with Bill Gates, I would just say, what did you tell yourself to stay as confident as you remain through all of the the doubt, all of the failure? What what was it that you were saying to yourself? Yeah. So what do you say to yourself? Because you have to do the same thing. Every day I just say, it's going to happen. It's coming. Someone needs someone needs to see you like keep going. Someone needs to see you so they can know that it's possible for them. Um, you're going to create a legacy. You're going to show other Black women that it's possible. This is going to break some generational curses. Like you are, you're chosen. You're on a mission. You're anointed. Like these are the things that I say to myself every day. So it sounds like your mission could be to break generational curses, too. It sounds like that's part of what you're trying to do. And so Girl CEO is going to do that. And I have no no doubt about that. So they can find more about you. Is, is, is it girlceo.com? Is that is it, it's also on Instagram? It's girlceoinc.com. Okay, girlceoinc.com. Ronnie Brown on Instagram. Uh, she's on LinkedIn. She's on, you have a YouTube station, too, as well? Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm everywhere. She's everywhere. <laughs> you can find her everywhere. Uh, I just want to tell you that I am proud of what you've done. Uh, proud of what you're going to do and look forward to seeing you on the show again and really working together in the future. Thank you so much, Robin. Uh, To everyone that's listening to this, if you're looking for some ways to just really grow uh, your business and your brand, uh, you all can grab my free guide at girlceoguide.com. And we'll have that. We'll have a link to her book. We'll have a link to all of her channels on our YouTube as well as Instagram everywhere else wherever you want to find her and anyway uh, look forward to seeing you soon uh, please keep us abreast of uh, any event you have I think you said you were having a conference we will we'll, 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 we'll definitely look to promote that okay thank you so much Rob thank you Ronnie